This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So, steampunk and cyberpunk. Steampunk As we were saying before recording, bit of an apples to oranges debate. One, I would argue cyberpunk is more of a philosophical theme that explores things like, you know, future income inequality, the merging of technology with uh, humanity. Yes. Steampunk is pretty much just a visual thing. <laughs> yes, it's reimagining technology via pipes and buckets. Yeah, there's a, there's no real... You can't really attach it to a theme the way you can with cyberpunk, a philosophical theme. Correct. But, I mean, even even beyond just the punk on the end of their name, they are often paired together as, like, similar genres. Yeah. For pretty um, much just because they've both got punk on the end. Is that... Probably. I, like, I, I think both of them... In both of their fictional universes... There is a uh, an attempt to meld technology where technology doesn't exist. Whereas, in, like in cyberpunk, it's like future technology and humanity, and in steampunk, it's technology that did not exist but we can imagine now, right? Yeah, it's imagining if they had present day or future technology in a historical setting before they were supposed to have it, mm. and how it would have affected our lives back in those days. Exactly. Uh, you yeah. play Space 1889, where you got to go into space on a wooden sailing ship in your Victorian dress. I and have not. Jolly well that. show those aliens what for. <laughs> I have not played that, but it sounds lovely. Uh, you know, in general, what here's what I will say. I, If I think about it for a moment, I prefer steampunk. I prefer the fantasy of steampunk over the the grittiness of cyberpunk. For a while, I always felt that if I had like a AAA video game budget, the game I would want to make is a sort of Deus Ex style steampunk immersive sim <laughs> where you are the captain of a spaceship that runs on steam technology in the 19th century. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing about um, steampunk that I should have probably have made more of in the video is the fun to be had with historical cameos mm. i mean we already mentioned nikola tesla who is like the patron saint of uh stay-at-home nerds which yes. is why he shows up so much in video games he had a cameo in like the order 1886 he <laughs> he was in dark void he was in I want to say he was in Command and Conquer, or was it just like the Tesla like device? <laughs> it, well, if not him, his name is in so many things. Like yeah. that's like the the old timey like electric tech, right? The Tesla what and what? Yeah, yeah, that's shorthand. Because electropunk is an is its own thing, mm -hmm. slightly separate from steampunk. It's more of an early twentieth century thing. Bioshock sure. is a is an electropunk setting. Ah, okay, okay. And you can go a bit further. I I myself coined the term Pentium Punk to refer to settings in which people use retro PCs to achieve 
sci-fi technology. Ooh, I like it. There was a game I played called Quadrilateral Cowboy, where you're using a an old PC with like Windows 3.1 or DOS style inputs. Yeah, like, I remember. Hack the planet. <laughs> yeah, Quadrilateral Cowboy had that uh, had a really amazing premise that you know unfortunately was not realized fully of yeah. of you know timing out all of your hacks and being able to no clip through walls in order to perfectly time out your heist with all of these command prompts. Yeah, yeah, I remember a, that. That was a fun game. I felt it like was. That, that game should have had should have explored its concept a bit more. Uh, agreed. I, like, if I remember correctly, there, there was only like five missions in it. <laughs> yeah, they were, I think they were going more for like a story focus. Yeah, but I actually really enjoyed the gameplay. I thought they should have uh, done more with it. I agree. Pentium Punk. And the good thing about Pentium Punk is a lot of things have retrospectively become Pentium Punk. That was sci-fi mm-hmm. at the time it was made, like sure. the original Alien, where everything's on <laughs> CRT monitors and, yes. and really old high-resolution computer systems. <laughs> Uh, love it. I love it. Uh, I I mean, cyberpunk is fun. So, uh, you know, me, uh, cyberpunk is a great uh, one. It's, you know, it's, it's a great class metaphor. Uh, it's a great mm. visual style. Uh, it's it's a great like kind of pre post apocalypse. Like you can imagine you can imagine the world of Blade Runner 10 years later. It's Mad Max, right? Because everything fell apart. Yeah, uh, I I like the I like the look of cyberpunk. I don't necessarily enjoy the world, though. I don't know if I'm supposed to. It's funny. I often find like cyberpunk, the classic cyberpunk literature, a bit hard to understand. <laughs> like I've read Neuromancer, but I didn't get most of what was going on while I was reading it. Okay. In what? In what way? I'm hearing that William Gibson, when he wrote Neuromancer, he didn't really know anything about computers. He was just he was just writing from a sci-fi writer's perspective. <laughs> well, and didn't he, like like midway through Neuromancer, didn't wasn't that the one where he like saw Blade Runner while writing Neuromancer and was like, "Hey, I'm writing a book and set in a world like this." <laughs> I wouldn't know. I just know I read Neuromancer and I couldn't really tell you what the plot was because it went a bit (laughs) over my head. Meanwhile, I understand steampunk things. Sure, that's um, fairly simple to understand. I've read the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen comics and I think they're quite good. The the comics are 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 all quite all right, I would say. It's important that we emphasize that the The comics are all right. They get a bit weird and weirdly sex obsessed after a while. Hmm. The less said about the movie, the better, perhaps. I think we all just collectively pretend that the movie doesn't exist in order to yeah. preserve Sir Sean Connery's memory. Yeah, I mean, we tried to pretend it didn't exist, and then Sean Connery dies, and everyone was like, oh, what was his last film? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, well, and uh, if if we were going to go, like, full last film, he did an animated, he did a voice for a Scottish animated movie. Uh, was his actual last film a really well, crappily animated movie? Well, that hardly counts. That hardly counts. Absolutely. R.I.P. Sean Connery. That was you an unfortunate wife-beating weirdo. Oh, I didn't know that about him, but I'm well, not he surprised. Had a, well, yes, he had a, <laughs> a, a let's say an old-fashioned attitude in certain areas. That's let's that's charitably really... call it an old-fashioned attitude. But hey. Steampunk's oh. all about old-fashioned attitudes. 
Ooh, first of all, excellent job pulling us back on topic. Thank you. Had to get away from the wife beating somehow. Absolutely. <laughs> Take that out of context. Steampunk's uh, all about that um, that spirit of 19th century adventurism that's mm-hmm. embodied in the science fiction of the time. Hmm. Like H.G. Wells and Jules Verne, which are always about gung-ho adventurers inventing a wonderful new technology and exploring a strange and hostile new area, which is probably inspired a lot by the colonialism that was going on at the time, where they used to go to Africa and, you know, shoot people up a lot. Right, right. How how very, very British. Aha, we yeah. will tame these wild lands, and by tame, we mean murder. That's very much the spirit of uh, pulp sci-fi of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny, if you read, like, King Solomon's Mines, which is actually about colonialism and adventuring in darkest Africa, it's actually pretty even-handed towards the other races. Mm. Ryder Haggard was, he, like, lived in Africa, a lot of sympathies for the black man mm-hmm. so it comes off it comes off pretty well today if you read that if you read that from a modern perspective <laughs> that's been on my list because i know that king's album's minds inspired so many pieces of modern fiction yeah even like there's even a bit early on in the book where he says how much he dislikes a certain word uh, a certain n-word oh and this was way before it was like a major slur <laughs> This is way before it was cool not to like that word. <laughs> sure, no, and I, I think like that's the fun. That's the fun thing about steampunk, and why I would probably prefer. I prefer the idea of that setting. I think it, it usually comes across very corny, and um, people who are into steampunk, I don't think I like those people. Uh, <laughs> well, when if we wanted to be really modern internet revisionist can't have fun with anything yeah attitude then it's it's sort of the attitude of the blissfully ignorant white dude of the time yes completely ignoring the struggles of the rest of the world and uh, enjoying their first world problems absolutely it's, it's sort of very selectively looking at those sorts of people and their and the fun adventures they have with their spaceships and time machines it's it's the fun adventures they have because they don't have to work they built a funny space machine yes <laughs> yeah but uh, there's a part of that fantasy that is why i usually enjoy those worlds a little bit more because they are having fun with it and i suppose this comes as a privileged white man uh, so yes, I'm. I enjoy the fun, though the cyberpunk. Cyberpunk has you know, like basically we're talking about like fantasy versus science fiction here, right? Nothing wrong with just having a bit of fun without having to be reminded about societal issues every, <laughs> every, with every bloody piece of media you consume, right? Right, right. What's I'm, I, you know what I'm trying to think about right now is we, we're getting a lot of cyberpunk right now. A ton of cyberpunk. Yes, we're getting a game called Cyberpunk. We're getting a, just a game called Cyberpunk. We're getting uh, approximately 13,000 other games set in a cyberpunk future. Cyberpunk yes. is very in right now. What is the last bit of big media steampunk related? Is what I'm trying to think of. 
right? Hmm. Like, is it hmm. is it the the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies? That, <laughs> that that's it? what I keep thinking about. I'm also thinking of that terrible Robin Hood movie that came out recently, <laughs> where everyone had like arrow machine guns. Was that just called Hood? <sighs> something dumb. Something is called something dumb. Yes. Hang on. I'm going to check the standard <laughs> repository of all knowledge and wisdom. Mm. I know when the last major steampunk thing was. Right? Yes, because we are currently, we are about to be hit with a glut of cyberpunk aesthetic. Well, that's probably because we're living in a hideous cyberpunk society at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's You never know how that's going to go. I mean, if you're living in like, uh, oppressive cyberpunk regime the popular media will either be all about like that but uh emphasized uh-huh. or it will be like total escapism and everyone will just be putting out stuff that's the exact opposite of that fantasy right right, right. um bioshock infinite was a sort of a steampunk game that was quite some time ago yeah, that was, 20, that was 2013. I'm just looking at steampunk video games at the moment. Sure. Let's All look right. at steampunk television and films. Right. Uh, uh, well, that's I'll, I'll look at television They just think the, uh, the Wikipedia article on steampunk wants to list is the 2016 film Alice Through the Looking Glass by Tim Burton. Which oh. had a, apparently had a steampunk inspiration. Oh well, I uh, yeah, I'm seeing a uh, an anime, Princess Principle, which has a. Oh oh, here we go. This is this, well. This is kind of steampunk fantasy. The uh, Killing on Carnival Row. That's the uh, Orlando Bloom Amazon Prime original show where it's like fairies and pixies and elves living in a steampunk Victorian era. That sounds a lot like Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell just off the top of my head. Uh, It it might be. (laughs) I have honestly no idea, but it's recent. It it came out in 2019. Hmm. Well, as you say, there's not a whole lot. There's of steampunk stuff going on right now. I'm seeing Penny Dreadful. I know of it. That's sort of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen again, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. That was, but even that's 2014. There is, yeah, there is not a lot of steampunk out there. Which, well, steampunk I guess specifically, it, but uh, I'm I'm looking at diesel punk now. Oh, what's which diesel is punk? The, which is the punk suffix attached to stuff that's set you know with a sort of 1950s retro futurist look oh and it's uh citing the man in the high castle mad max fury road and perhaps even like the stuff from the marvel universe that's set in the past like captain america the first avenger tend to have diesel punk sort of stuff going on i i guess i can like i could see mad max as if we're gonna if we're gonna talk like steampunk adjacent yeah. If if you're gonna like if diesel punk is steampunk adjacent, yeah, I guess I could see Mad Max. But that's uh like uh dystopian. We, we were talking about steampunk as a utopian setting. Ooh, that's true. That's the true. Fun, the fun technology, the adventurers, the adventuring time travelers and stuff with their top hats. 
Well, I suppose that's the fun thing about diesel punk is it's what if steampunk was dystopian like cyberpunk? Then I you suppose. get diesel punk. I suppose um, that indicates that there's just not room for optimistic media in the current age. Right. People want their cyberpunks. There is a there's a wonderful anime. Uh, is it called Metropolis? I know it's based on Metropolis. Well, if anyone's good at escapism, it's the Japanese. <laughs> Uh, hold on, I want to see if this is Metrop. And these are the people who like pay girls in maid outfits to pretend to, to like them and not even right. have sex. <laughs> just, just hang out with me. Just hang out. There's a there's a 2001 anime Metropolis based off of the famous Metropolis that is very steampunk and very wonderful. Great, great little anime movie. Uh, what year was that again? 2001. The same year everything fell apart with the 9-11 attacks. What? That was the start of the current age of negativity, Ooh. I would argue. Ooh. So yeah, pre-2001, sure, you can find optimistic media up the butt. <laughs> After that, it all goes downhill. It's all, it all turned well. I suppose like that kind of did start like you know the Patriot Act uh, here in America, where the government was able to spy on you. The rise of the Internet of Things, which spies yeah. on you for ad revenue, like the boring cyberpunk dystopia. Absolutely. Have I ever told you about my dragon theory? You're okay. I'm ready for your dragon theory. I have not heard it before. My dragon theory is that you can gauge the general optimist versus negative mood of a global society by the way dragons are depicted in the most popular fantasy media oh so if you look at like depressions and uh uh downturns mm -hmm. there's usually like some famous fantasy work around that time in which dragons are baddies sure like the hobbit came out in around the great depression sort of era okay okay but then if you look in eras where of high, high positivity, most recently post the post-war rebuilding era of the 60s, you get stuff like Puff the Magic Dragon, where the dragons are nice and friends to humanity. Pete's dragon, sure. <laughs> These days we get Game of Thrones dragons, which are a redoubtable lot. Right, well, I, I suppose uh, they're complicated, right? Because they're good, but they're also bad. Yeah, that says it all on how bloody complicated our world has become. Well, I guess they turned out to be bad in the... Or no, the dragons didn't turn out to be bad in the end, but the ruler of the dragons did. Oh, that's... Mm. I guess the if, if your theory were to hold true, that would mean that humanity is currently really dumb, so yeah, all right. When Great. has that ever not been the case? <laughs> Zing! It might, be, it might be a hoarding thing. Right? If when all the billionaires are hoarding the wealth and keeping everyone poor, everyone hates dragons. Well, and, uh, but in in more yeah. optimistic eras, a character can hoard wealth and it can still be seen as cute. See Scrooge McDuck. Sure, sure. Well, I, that would make sense specifically with your with your Hobbit reference, as you know, there was a a global depression, and the the big enemy was someone who hoarded all their wealth. Yeah, yeah. And dragons frequently do. Is it's that one of the things we know about dragons? They breathe fire and they hoard wealth. Is that a Tolkien thing, or is that a general dragon thing that we know? Is my I question. I want to say there is a larger theme 
of dragons hoarding wealth. Yes. Predated Tolkien. Okay. I want to say, though, and going out on a limb here, I want to uh-huh. say there's, I think there's like fables along those lines. Of dragons hoarding wealth? Yeah, or kidnapping princesses, which is a kind of hoarding wealth. <laughs> um, hold on, just a quick Google search. This is, uh, you know, this is quasi-tangential. Um, well, everything's going to be quasi-tangential. There's not much to go on with the topic. Steampunk, uh, cyberpunk, the different things. Apples and oranges. Which is a weird phrase. I think it's quite reasonable to compare apples to oranges. They're well, both the- fruit. And they both produce juice. Yeah, absolutely. Pair apples to um, um, celluloid. Avocados, right. Can't really compare those two. Sure. Well, and it, but I, I understand the thing where it's like if you, are compa- if you are looking for the best apple, you would compare apples to apples. If you are looking for the best apple, you would not compare an apple to an orange. I Unless you that's... wanted a control group. Ooh. Uh, by the way, the idea of dragons hoarding treasures goes as far back as Norse legends Bam. and Germanic mythology. Though, that was uh, Tolkien's whole scam, wasn't it? He nicked all his ideas from like ancient <laughs> uh, North Northern European myth, and then just you know wrapped it around World War One, and boom, you got yourself them Lord of the Rings. Good old yeah. Tolkien. I could have done that. You could born a hundred years ago. If you, in if his, you also precise social group. If you also suffered in a great war, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then yeah. wanted to, you know, channel Basically, your. If I'd had a completely different background and skill set, mm-hmm. yeah. I mm-hmm. could have written Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right. No, you know, the thing I'll tell you, getting back on topic, a thing I do find very interesting about cyberpunk is the modernity of it. The modernity. Is that a real word? Yeah, modernity. Modernity. The noun form of modern. Yes, I I like it that it is this fiction that has grown out of a, you know, our new wealth of technology. I think that's really neat. Uh, you know, it's it started kind of in the 60s and 70s and really took form in the uh, early 80s. Because fiction often provides a model for future technological development. Mm. Like how all the Star Trek nerds lobbied for a real spaceship to be called Enterprise. Well, you know, th- those are the nerds. <laughs> those are the nerds for you. But I, but, you I know, think it's we, neat. But, but, you know, Star Sci-Fi has that purpose. If we ever did became become like galactic explorers the rules of the federation are pretty good rules to follow from a common sense perspective uh i kind of agree with that uh, same with uh, asimov's uh I was about to bring that up yeah his three laws of robotics three laws of robotics that's what it was called uh right which you I'm know gonna see if, which i'm going to see if i can remember off the top of my head okay the three driving rules for a robot's decision making process a robot cannot cause harm or through inaction cause harm to a human. Uh, uh, and the robot can also, must also protect its own existence as long as it does not um, contradict the first rule. Uh-huh. And there's another one. You're missing the second law, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Let me try that again. Okay, okay. 
a, the, a robot must never harm a human, nor through inaction allow a human to be harmed. That's correct. Like almost word for word. Ah, a robot must obey humans. That's right. A robot right. must obey humans. That's except, rule two. Well, wait, wait. Rule except, number two. Except when it contradicts the first rule. There you go. And third rule, a robot must protect its own existence, except where it contradicts the first and second rule. Boom! The there we three, go. That's three laws. Laws of robotics, uh, as told in the short story Runaround from, uh, from, the, uh, from the iRobot collection. So there you go. So- <laughs> you know, the trouble with the modern age is that I could say that I remember that off the top of my head, but I could never prove that. Spending this whole time staring at a screen, people would say, oh, he must have been Googling it without us noticing. And I have no way of proving that I was not. Uh, I, sp- well, I suppose that's true, but like we can generally tell when people are typing. Like anyone who's watching this watched me type that up so I could look it up while you were looking it up. Can you tell that I'm typing now? I see your I see arm movement. Well, I could be masturbating. You could be masturbating, but that would sow doubt. Whereas when you were looking, when you were thinking of it off the top of your head, you know, I, I could tell you were thinking, not okay. searching. Is okay. I guess what I'm trying to say. I'm just bemoaning how I can't look as smart as I could in other times <laughs> before everyone had access to the standard repository of all knowledge and wisdom. Yes, uh, which, you know, such a lovely thing. Such a lovely thing, which is which is another reason why I like cyberpunk in general, because but cyber... By, oh, I worry that, as I say, science fiction presents a model for the future, but cynical and negative science fiction like cyberpunk might have the same effect. It might make us think that that's just almost feel a sort of reverse nostalgia for an evil cyberpunk dystopia like what we're heading towards sure i mean but it's like oh boy at least we get to live in the matrix now oh wait at least we can all wear cool coats and do kung fu i think there there is like this there there's like this dual edge of cyberpunk or you know any any sort of technological future where we get amazing things and many problems will be solved with technology and so like there is this weird like duality of hope and despair as far as future technology and cyberpunk is concerned Right. Like modern conveniences, uh, a, a curing of diseases or physical ailments, that sort of thing, uh, along with uh, incredible classism. Yeah. Classism's normally what characterizes a cyberpunk setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it didn't have that, it would just be sci-fi, really. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and and I guess that's the other thing where it's like, uh, like I, I said earlier, I I generally like prefer steampunk. Um, if I had to choose the two, though, I do think that cyberpunk is good. Also, <laughs> I li- I like right. fiction. Thanks for, thanks for your input. <laughs> I know that's. I'm trying to. Uh, I don't know. I like. The if someone said, oh, you know, I, what I got behind what I got behind my back is a brand new work that you will definitely enjoy. One is cyberpunk. One is steampunk. You're going to like it. I swear. 
I would probably choose steampunk, but I, you know, I would still enjoy the cyberpunk, right? So why, why choose? Because, well, because <laughs> well, that's the point of the show is you have to choose. If you had to choose only one, a okay. new, a new piece of fiction, Yahtzee, that mm. you will enjoy, which one, and you can't read the other one or watch the other one or whatever it is. Well, yeah, obviously I go for steampunk because mm-hmm. everything is cyberpunk. There's more than enough cyberpunk, thanks. <laughs> there's there's too much cyberpunk. There's just too much cyberpunk right now. Because everyone's so negative these days. Mm. Stop being negative, everyone. Maybe give the American people socialized medicine and then wait 20 years and then see where fiction is then. Ooh, so, like, really what you're saying is we need we need better healthcare policies just so we can have better fiction down the line. Yes, that is the only reason. Well, I, no, I well, think that's a great selling point for people who are incredibly selfish. I think the root of it all is education, though. Mm-hmm. And it's all very well saying, hey, vote for me, I'll give you socialized medicine. Mm-hmm. But then what do you do at all the dum-dums who've been taught to think that socialism is bad right right uh yeah no and there's there's I think if i, there's if I had to pick one thing that i'd choose to like fund uh-huh like if i could take all the money we don't need away from the military and put it in one place oh okay i would put it all in education because that's the seed that's the root just put it all in there 20 years from now everything will be better hmm i could be down with that i could be down with that Free college. Uh, yeah. free, How about ooh, that? free college. How about free college for everyone? Free college, uh, schools that aren't overcrowded uh, with, you know, good technology, uh, good teacher yes. salaries, so they're not stressed out, so we get people who care in there. Ooh, I like it. I, I dig it. between Cyberpunk and Starfleet. It's <gasps> a better education system now, people. Boom. We don't. We never have to go through those dark times that are always alluded to in the Star Trek universe. We can just get right... To... If we're not currently going through them, is the, the thing. Oh, I sp- well, they, they've... Yeah, but they've... that Deep Space Nine episode where they go back in time to the 21st century where all the homeless people have been rounded up and put in, like, ghettos. I don't remember that episode. All I'm thinking of is, like, the Star Trek Next Gen episode where Q takes people to, like, the drug-fueled court of the olden uh, um, uh, United States time. Hmm. Because that was the dark time in humanity's past. Well, in Star Trek, of course, everything turned around when some nice, friendly Vulcans came down and fixed everything for us. Mm. Thanks, Vulcans. Don't know what you were getting out of this, but thanks. When You mean when the Vulcans made it so that there was enough food for everyone to eat and enough clean energy for, for everyone? Yeah, good yeah. on them. When they- that, yes. So that's my advice for improving the future. Either improve education or befriend the Vulcans. Okay, so in order Whichever to befriend... Whichever is most convenient. In order to befriend the Vulcans, uh, we need to create a warp drive because it was the creation of the warp drive that allowed the Vulcans to interact with us as was their custom not to interact with an inferior culture. Hmm. But our could creation we, of the warp drive... Could we conceivably lie? Ooh, could we, could we like, fake? Could we get like identical twins? Yeah. And we put one of them on like a spaceship in orbit. Uh-huh. And then we make that thing, a spaceship just explode. 
Ooh. and where, and where yeah. everyone dies. And then we yeah. have the identical twin appear on the other side of the world and uh-huh. say, hey, look at me, I just warped around the planet. <laughs> Could Do you think the Vulcans would be fooled? Maybe. We would need some way to fake, like, the warp drive energy, but that we could probably do that with the explosion, is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. And do, like, a planetary broadcast of the of the trick. Yes. So that aliens pick it up and says, oh, they've invented warp technology. Good for them. Guess we'll go down and fill in the blanks. I guess we can, uh, I guess we can invite them into our super technology club now, and then we'll just, we'll just use it all and be like, everyone, everyone. We invented the warp drive. Yeah. 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 Just get, the president has to go on TV and yeah. do exactly that. Get in Remember on everyone. It. Remember everyone, we all believe the warp drive is real. That's right, because it is real, everyone. Yes. I'm broadcasting this out. The warp drive is real. We invented it. We're gonna prove it. We remember. And then the Vulcans will be like, What's with all the winking and nose rubbing? Oh, it's that's just um that's something humans do when they're being very truthful. <laughs> they don't know they're aliens. <laughs> so we have now come so that that concludes the escapist manifesto for our future government. Please vote for us. Our first yeah. policy is education spending. Our second policy is tricking alien species to think we're more advanced. If if we're wrong, Nothing changes, but if we're right, we get yeah. a buttload of technology for free. Yeah, don't fuck this up for us, conspiracy nuts. G- get in on it. Get in yeah. on the windfall. Well, that was fun. <laughs> that was a is... fun little dream for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> that was great. Uh, I think there is a shockingly small amount to talk about with steampunk versus cyberpunk. Yeah, I guess we eh. could just list our favorite steampunk and cyberpunk works. Right. But steampunk has so many subdivisions now. If it's not steampunk, it's diesel punk or pentium punk or... You know, I, I Terry Gilliam's punk. Brazil. Uh, can I be honest what? with you? I've never Tell seen me. Terry Gilliam's Brazil. That's a shame. I was going to ask what you thought that was. I'm a, I'm in, a the, f- in the punk prefix world. Uh, and and I'm someone who is a certifiable, you know, film person, uh, and I've never seen Brazil. You haven't seen Brazil. I haven't seen Brazil. You know why? One of one of Mark Kermode, famous British film critics, top ten films of all time. I believe it's his top ten film of all time. Here, here's why. Uh, and you know what? This this will kind of lead into cyberpunk, as uh, Blade Runner has a very similar problem, which is um, there was there was a, a big. Uh, kerfuffle about Brazil and the correct version to watch. It was a movie that famously had a a, a lot of cuts. And so I knew I needed to see Brazil, but I kept getting conflicting information on which version of Brazil to watch. So it was too much work. I said, F it. I guess you just watched the one the director signed off on. I suppose. Well, yeah, now it's easy. Now everybody knows. This was before the internet, you have to understand. Well, sounds like you should go and watch Brazil then. I really should. I really should. Also, yeah, be warned, uh, Blade Runner, the version you can rent of Blade Runner on Amazon Prime is the bad version. It's the version with the voiceover. Right. So yeah, be careful. Yeah, that's a really dumb voiceover. Oh, it's terrible. He sounds it, so not into it. He got paid. And you know what it really fucks with is that great scene where with Rutger Hauer's speech at the end. 
yeah. where he does his that, that amazing speech with his amazing acting and there's this amazing atmosphere and amazing soundtrack and then Harrison Ford's very disinterested voice chips in at the very end. And I don't know why he saved me. Maybe he felt human in that last moment. Explain, explain, the theme, the theme. <laughs> Gosh, I'm a stupid villain. <laughs> That's... That's my impression it's, of Harrison Ford's voiceover on Blade Runner. Spot. I think there's no better place to leave it than that. I think that was spot on. Congratulations. Yes. Let's end it on Gosh, I'm a Stupid Bellend. Sorry for the short podcast. Uh, this is uh, not, not, a lot of, not a lot of juice to squeeze. Never apologize. Never apologize. We're, take, we're taking a career in politics, remember? Oh, that's we right. To, we have to that's learn right. to stop apologizing. I guess what I meant to say is you're welcome for this amazing episode. It was our longest episode ever uh, and our that. best. It was absolutely our best podcast ever. And you're welcome. It, it really is getting better every day. You've never had it so good, mm. audience. You've never had it so good, but if you want it to be even better, keep listening to the podcast that comes after Slightly Civil War. Bam. That's that's an end. Shame Perfect. we have to plug everything now. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. Yes. Uh, remember to watch this week's episode of Slightly Civil War on escapismagazine.com. You can watch it a week early on there, or you can watch it a week early on YouTube if you've got a YouTube Plus membership. That's right, and if you're an Escapist Plus member, you can do bonus stuff like get ad-free viewing on the website and ask, oh, pardon me, and ask us creators questions that we will answer in long form uh, for special videos just for you. Uh, so make will. sure that you <laughs> make sure you come back to the Escapist every day for great content and videos. Um, There's no way to make your life better than to come back to escapismagazine.com slash v2. We are dueling plugs now. We're do <laughs> make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Harlack. I'm at Yahtzee Croshaw. And remember to I do a stream every week on Wednesday, the post-CP stream after zero punctuation. Tune in for that That's on Twitch and YouTube. Because right. here's the thing, Yahtzee. I love your reviews, but I just wish I could ask you a specific question about the gameplay that you just reviewed. Well, my stream would be an excellent time to do that. Oh, Although, that'd be great. maybe reserve some pennies because I would probably only notice your comment if you uh, put some money behind there's it. A, there's a lot of chat. Hey, Yahtzee, you know, you know, uh, another th a problem I got right now. Uh, I I just finished a book and I have nothing to read. Really? I have. Well, I like. I might, oh, what what am I going to read next? Well, I might have a suggestion for you. Have mm -hmm. you read? Will destroy the galaxy for cash. Why I have, or, or no, I haven't. I've read Will Save the Galaxy for Food, though, and I much enjoyed well, that. Well, as you might have guessed from the similar title, Will Destroy the Galaxy for Cash is the much-awaited sequel to Will Save the Galaxy for Food. What? Continuing the plot of Jacques McKeown and his adventures in space. The print version has only just come out. It's been unaudible for ages. This is this is exactly what I was looking for. What a weird coincidence that I was looking for a yes. book and you have a book I out. I can certainly recommend the author. Fantastic. Uh, great. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and or watching. We actually do appreciate it. It's true. Bye. We're done Bye plugging everyone. now. Have fun. Next. I'll see you next time. That's a little sound. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. lovely. Yeah, that's the sound.